Last week, we took a look at the offertory in the divine service, that which follows uh, the readings and the sermon. And in that offertory, we usually, if we're talking about it kind of in a wide sense, not just the canticle, the created me, but we also included three parts, the canticle creating me, the reception of the offerings with the offering plates, and then the placing of those uh, in the front. And the third part, which we're going to take a look at today, would be the general prayer. We took a look at the entire context of Psalm uh, 51. We talked about bringing forward the offerings, and I got out that... Uh, I don't have it behind there. Um, I got out the long sheet that we often use in connection with giving offerings. We talked about a uh, biblical uh, way of uh, giving first fruits, uh, giving at the beginning of the week, trusting God would provide, giving a percentage of your income as you have been blessed, giving with a cheerful heart. And we went through uh, uh, some of those uh, Sunday, last Sunday. Uh, a couple of the boys went and got the offering plates and brought them forward. Um, and I was I was told by my wife, who used to teach those boys Sunday school, um, they're not here, so I, I can probably tell a story on them. But um, it, it related, I, I will say, to me as well. Um, I, like them, could not wait until. I could be a man and collect the offering. That, that was a big deal. Or, or to dismiss the congregation. You know, if you, if you were going to serve as an usher, woo, you had, you know, once you were confirmed, then you had made it. Uh, anyway, the boys mentioned the card at one point. You know, they had been so looking forward to it, and then COVID took it away. <laughs> and uh, so uh, when I said it was coming back, uh, they were, uh, Karen goes, whoa, they're going to be excited. Um, so anyway, uh, that happened last last week. Okay, uh, we also took a look at several, if you want to take a look at your offertory white sheet from last time, let's kind of wrap that up. Uh, I started looking at some of the Bible passages uh, where it says that we are to lay up treasures in heaven. Uh I mentioned about how sometimes the Lord encourages us in our offering and our response by having us look backward to what Christ has done for us and all the great gifts and forgiveness. Sometimes he pushes and says, look forward to the end, that you don't lose your reward, but that you see that which is to come. Uh, and so we're talking about treasures in heaven. Uh, that is there, or losing the treasures in heaven, the reward, um, sometimes it does that. But it's a way of encouraging Christians to live in their vocation, to live in their baptismal graces and, and show it forth. We saw that it's not uh, a certain amount. There was a woman who gave of, of what she had, and Jesus says that was even more than of the others because she gave up her need. Uh, giving first fruits. Uh, in uh, Corinthians, they gave more than even Paul had would have expected. Finally, as he gets to the end, he says, and not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So uh, that... 
those two parts go together. Uh, when we have been saved, and yes, we have given ourselves to the Lord, we would say 100%. Uh, we acknowledge that we belong to him in body and soul and all our members. But then we make use of that and in some way uh, make sure that we also give towards the church and its uh, purposes. Uh, the next one, Second Corinthians 9, talked about being a cheerful giver. I spoke about that. Galatians 6, 6 through 7. This connection between uh, having received from the Lord and then responding with appropriate offering, or we might say having faith in Christ, and then the fruits of faith being our love towards our neighbor, our giving to the Lord, the scriptures tie these two together. Galatians 6, Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. And so it says, you know, if you have received teaching, uh, uh, from those who teach, well, then you ought to pay those who are the preachers, the ones who are studying the word, uh, and so share with them as you have received. Concerning 1 Timothy 5, it says, let the elders, it's talking about the pastors, let those elders who rule well, who do a good job, let them be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine, for the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. You'll see that you know, most of what is done in, in taking care of, of church, you would say, is about taking care of those who labor in the word and in the teaching and the doctrine. Uh, I won't mention that Paul likens pastors to oxes. We'll just leave that. <laughs> That's because the Old Testament does. <laughs> Romans 12. Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, and it says, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Your service back to God? Uh, uh, it is re- it is right and good that but, but it uses the term a, a living sacrifice. I've kind of uh, talked about uh, the Roman mass and sacrifice and, and put that down, but there's a proper place for it, and we need to take a look at that. And so uh, here it talks about a living sacrifice, or how about this one, Hebrews 13? Therefore, by him. Christ, let us continually offer, there's that sacrifice word again, it's in the New Testament, offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, and here's where we have the words, the fruit, I always talk about faith and the fruits of faith, that which comes from it, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, but do not forget to do good and share, for with such sacrifices... God is pleased. The sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of thanksgiving, the sacrifice of doing good and sharing. God is pleased. And we have this term of, of sacrifice once again. Mary. 
I really like that phrase, the the fruit of our lips, because I'm very good at opening my mouth and sticking my foot in, and the fruit of our lips helps me realize that it should always honor God uh, by not saying the things that, you know, I have opened my mouth and closed it again, believe it or not. (laughs) (laughs) So what the Lord has given, faith in the heart, create me a clean heart, O God, there are three fruits. There's the fruit of our mind, our thinking, quite Thankfully, you can't see what I'm thinking, and I can't see what you're thinking. Um, but there are times we have to confess our thoughts before our Lord. There is the fruit of our lips, what we say, what comes out. Uh, James warns us concerning that uh, small member of the body that, like a rudder, can change the direction of a great ship. So also we want to make sure that the fruit of our lips is not bad fruit, but good fruit. And the fruit of our actions, our body, our hands, you know, where where are you going to take your feet? Where are you going to go with your hands? What are you going to do to serve? All of those are included in this fruits or or, or sacrifice. Pastor. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, Jesus talked about that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor as as yourself. That's what this sacrifice is about loving God and our neighbor. And what harder job do we have than that? Because our sinful nature does not want to do that at all. So one of the things I mentioned last time, and this is what I want to not necessarily clear up, but I want to kind of make it a little bit clearer. Um, When we talked about this offertory, we saw that the common service made a break after the offertory. That would be after the create and me, the collecting of the offerings and the prayers break. Then we're going to start with the service of Holy Communion. We saw that the... Roman Mass made a break after the sermon, if they had it, and that from that point on, the uh, if there was a, a canticle, like creating me or sacrificing God, that, that would be the beginning, including these prayers, and this would be the beginning of our sacrifice of the Mass that we offer up to God. And so, I mentioned to you, you know, both Strodok uh, and Reed uh, want to change that break and say, oh no, no, people misunderstand. The offertory sentences should not be interpreted as connected with the sermon or the votum. Yeah, no, they're not a response to the sermon. No, no, no. They're an introductory, an inspiration to the offering of, of the gifts. Um, in fact, Reed lets us know that when they went from the common service, which we're using, going to be using, um, and have been, to the common liturgy, when they changed that in 1958, and you, you see the same things with that, uh, Reed said, because we didn't want people thinking this, 
we moved the offertory to after the offering. Though it had been before. He said, because of that popular misunderstanding of these sentences, and then he talked about, hey, this is the way it happened in the early church. They would give stuff, so that's why, we, that's why we're doing it this way. Hmm. All right. So, as this, what about this offertory offering and the general prayer? Are we willing to call that a sacrifice? Offertory, the create in me, the money that we put in the plate, and the general prayer. Are we willing to call that a sacrifice? I think you get yeah. Thanksgiving. But, uh, yeah, we do. That's not So, does it relate to what happened before? Does it, you know, he says, no, don't say it goes to that. Well, wait, of course it does. You know, the pro- and, and the problem is not that it's sacrifice talk. Well, we're comfortable with sacrifice. We're comfortable with the fruits of it. Why, why does it have to follow the other, though? It's in response. It's got to be the response. And so we go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the response, of course. Here's the word teaching us. The response for us is, you know, Forgive me, create me a clean heart, give me new motives, and then everything that I do has to simply be thanksgiving. It has to be not a sacrifice of, oh, it's not that God in his word said to us, here's the things I want you to do to earn your salvation, and we go, okay, here, let me pay you, you know. God has said to us, I've given it all to you, you're forgiven. Our sacrifice is one of thanksgiving and praise. That's the response. So that... Of course it goes after that. Of course it follows. And, you know, no, you don't need to change it around. It fit just fine being placed right where it was. Well, I think somebody made a comment a couple, three weeks ago about who controls the birds. And that's what's going on here. Because in Lutheranism, God controls the birds. Who, who, who causes us to make a sacrifice? God does. God does. Well, in Catholicism, the, the the priest is controlling the verbs, and in in the Lord's Supper, if you you can't really call it that, you have to call it the Mass in in Catholicism. In the Mass, the the priest is making an offering to God for the forgiveness of sins. He's doing something that Jesus has done. And Lutherans say, that's a waste of time. You can't do that because the, the, the sacrifice is already made. When we make a sacrifice to God, who did it? God did it. So I got the sermon, the offertory, the create in me. Um, if uh, there's the general prayer, the Lord's prayer, we'll get to that. Um, you know, a hymn may be sung. If there is no communion, the service continues with the salutation. Um, the Lord be with you and with your spirit. The benedictimus, we uh, let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. And the benediction. 
Uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. And the service is over. So it would work. You can do it. You can have the word and you can have the response of the offertory to that word. And, and, and that works. If not, though, there is the service of Holy Communion that follows after. Uh, we usually have a... Uh, we usually say there are two things always going on in the divine service. There is sacrifice and sacrament. Sacrifice is what we offer up to God. Sacrament is what God offers to us to be received by, by faith. Oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Um, Oh, so what if, what if this morning, let's, let's just do it a little different. Why don't we do the communion service first, and then the, the, Work. We'll just switch. The back part we'll do first, then the first part we'll do last. Okay. All of a sudden you go, whoa. You can see why the communion follows after everything that has happened. Does it follow after because it's more sacrifice on our part? Is that why? Now, we said sacrifice always has to follow God giving us stuff. So you kind of go, oh, yeah, we offer to God our songs, and we offer him his offering, and we offer our prayers, and we offer him the mass. You go, well, no, that's not what I'm saying. Why does it follow after? And it does. It always follows after. If it's going to be, it follows after. And that's why Luther said, you know, you, you, uh, um, if you're going to have a service, you better have preaching at it. You don't just jump to the end. It's showing us our need for that portion of the service. It's showing Everything us our leading need. Leading up into that shows us our need for... Perfect. And it exemplifies that God's running the verbs again and the sanctified life. And some people, once they got the Lord's Supper, would just leave and not hear the Word. So the Lord's Supper is giving us, we say it's sacrament, it's God giving us something. Until you, if you don't know what you need, right, we just got done with the service. I got to see my sin, I got to receive my forgiveness, yes, I'm offering to God in response to Him because I'm thankful for what He's done, but this sacrament of Lord's Supper, now I know, yes. I need this. I need this. It's it's because I'm a Christian that I need his body and blood for forgiveness that's going to keep me. I I need what God is is giving us. So this offertory stuff, of course it comes before. I mean, it, of course it comes after the service of the word. That and it, and it relates to that for sure it does. And then what comes after that is the sacrament, which we now go, yeah, let's let's take up the the sacrament and receive it. Right. And that's preparing us to walk out the church doors into the world. We're correct. We're ready to go then. You've got it all. You've got it all. You, yeah, that, and that's what the Lord has given. Okay, so that kind of hits. 
we're on to our second or a third part of the operatory. <laughs> this is going to be uh, the the general prayer. You've got a new white sheet in front of you, and you've got a new yellow sheet. The white sheet. Uh, I'm still following my order of scripture passages as it's found on your little blue sheet. Uh, Romans 8, 26 and 27, concerning the general prayer. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So we've got a general prayer. This is a prayer that, as you see on your yellow sheet, is... Listed. I got a front and I've got a back to it. There are certain things that are prayed for, and pretty well, it's a prayer for everything. It's not a general. It's not a, a specific prayer. It's a general prayer. And so we're going to pray for all the stuff that the church ought to pray for. Regularly, we ought to pray for. Now, individually, we each have our needs. Of course, we do. Um, um, Anita's got a procedure cost. She's got an individual need. You know, each one of us has an individual need. This is a general prayer. When we pray for those who are sick, it will include all of the specific needs that we have. But it should include everyone's needs as we pray in a general way. As we pray in this general way, um, we find that it says, we don't know what we ought to pray for. Or the way we ought to pray. So how's the Holy Spirit going to help us? He's going to open our lips. What about the words? Where are we going to get them? From Scripture. From Scripture. So when we talk about the will of God, the Holy Spirit, what does He do? He goes to the Holy Scriptures. He teaches us what we ought to pray for. And then we pray with our prayers based upon the word. Um, Now, it can be rightly understood, but it can also wrongly be understood when you say, well, you want to just talk from God, tell him whatever's in your heart. Um, Now, yeah, what's going on? I mean, it can be wrongly understood as to what? You can just ask him for anything. Anything you want. It's like a genie in a bottle. Just whatever your heart says. Yeah, or some litany of your emotions. It can be your emotions. It can be your sinful thoughts. It can be, you know, you you can kind of go, boy, I'd really like my neighbor's wife. I think I'll ask for it. You know, (laughs) wait a minute. That's the desires of your heart. What are you talking about? There are scripture. I I know it. I know it. There are scripture passages that describe, but when it does talk about the desires. It's talking about having been informed by the word of God, we pray. So this general prayer, um, I don't want to be, you know, flighty. Um, this ought to be a general prayer. So that's what we're going to. We're going to go in the Spirit's God. We better be able to see that the things that we pray for come from the word of God. First Timothy 2, 1-4 gives us an example of this kind of 
Paul says to Timothy, Therefore I exert, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. That's what we're doing. We're, we're, we've got a prayer for all men. It's a general prayer. It's for all. We're going to ask for things. We're going to thank God for things. We're going to uh, pray for things that we need, pray think, things that they need. Uh, we're going to do it for kings and all who are in authority, especially for those who are placed over us, uh, whether they be in, in the state or in the church or in the family, or in, but, but God has put them in us who's ever in authority, that we lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. We're going to talk about how this is good for us in society, that we would have these things. Uh, we, it is good that we're not at war. It's good that we have our body and possessions protected and taken care of. It serves the church, godliness and reverence, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God who desires all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. We ought to pray for all men. So that's what we're going to take a look at as we go through this general prayer. Acts 2.42, a couple other passages. After the church uh, was consummated at Pentecost and 3,000 believers were baptized and uh, received the Lord Jesus... It says that that church with the apostles at the head continued steadfastly. They continued in the doctrine, in the beliefs. They gathered together in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, Lord's Supper, and in the prayers. Uh, there were general prayers. Now, I'm not, and I'm not saying that there's a one-page, you know, kind of, but, but there were prayers that the church made. Um, yes, you have your prayers in the morning. You pray your prayers at many times. There were the prayers, and they continued in them. Uh, this gives us the promise, if any of you, two of you agree on earth, talking about a congregation of sorts, concerning anything that you ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So the promise for the church. So let's take a look at this general prayer that we have uh, as it is found, and I gave you the yellow sheet because that uh, has a copy of it, of, uh, and I took it right out of Augustana's service book and hymnal uh, on the front and on the back. Uh, I, I spent quite a bit of time earlier not only going through the history, but also going through uh, all of the synods and what they did. I, I don't, I'm trying not to do a lot of comparison, but sometimes it's helpful. In the prayer that I have been using, following Lutheran worship kind of guidelines, in which it doesn't actually have a prayer printed out in there, like like this hymnal does. It has it says, well, you probably ought to pray for kind of these things, and then it has a one paragraph at the end. Well, I've done a similar way. So on the back of the bulletin, I've normally put a prayer of thanksgiving for whatever goes with the Sunday. It's, it's still kind of a, a dealing with the Sunday theme. It's not general. It's dealing with the specific, and it changes each time. Then I go through, and I have various prayers for the church. I have various prayers for the state. And then I have prayers that are for our congregation's individual needs. And then we do that paragraph that goes with it. 
Um, so that's kind of the order that I follow. We'll continue to do that on the back of the bulletin, at least through the end of the church year. But just so that you kind of go, okay, well, I, I see how that kind of works. Here's the way that uh, the general prayer that we have uh, here is. There are headings that I put on here in order that we might see the various things. I mean, this, this like any good prayer, it's packed. It's packed full, and you may not realize just how it grants prayers for all men. So what I did was I gave you a fill-in-the-blank, and I gave you a pen, and we'll go through those uh, this morning. The general prayer. Let me read the first paragraph. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we thank Thee for all Thy goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of Thy dear Son and for the revelation of Thy will and grace. And we beseech Thee so to implant Thy word in us that in good and honest hearts we may keep it and bring forth fruit by patient continuance in well-doing. First of all, this first section, uh, I entitled it as, as Thanksgiving, uh, primarily Thanksgiving. First of all, number one, Almighty and most merciful God, Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We went, went through, you might remember before when we talked about prayers. Who are we praying to? God's Father. The Father. And what Father? The Father of Jesus. The Father of Jesus. We're going to connect that prayer uh, with the Heavenly Father, who is the Father of Christ. And so we're beginning our prayer like Luther does with his morning and evening prayer with Jesus uh, it's going to end with that as well. What kind of God do we have? Merciful. We have one that is mighty. How mighty? Almighty. No one exceeds his mightiness, which is a good thing, because that means he controls heaven and earth. Uh, it's not that he can come to us and say, oh, I'd really like to help you, but... Like something could get in his way. Nope. Nope. He's almighty. What else do we know? Merciful. He is merciful. We have a gracious one, one who wants to have mercy upon us. This is the God we have. He is great. He is merciful. And it's all in connection with our Lord Jesus Christ. Next part. We thank thee for all thy goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of thy dear Son. First of all, it is a prayer of general thanksgiving for all. We thank thee for all thy goodness and tender mercies. We want to give thanks for everything. There is nothing that we hold back and we say, well, you didn't give me this. You know, we don't say, well, you know, you gave me this, but I gave you this. No, everything. All thy goodness, all thy tender mercies, and especially as we are speaking, the first individual thing that we are going to mention is 
the gift of thy dear son, the gift of Christ himself. That's probably the most important gift. It's probably the first thing you ought to go to. After that, we beseech thee to implant thy oh, and for the revelation of thy will and grace. What is that? For the word. So we got Jesus first. We got the word second. Uh, that's exactly uh, what we ought to be thinking about uh, when you start off. You're going to thank for Christ. You're going to thank for the word. And we beseech thee to implant thy word in us. That in good and honest hearts we may keep it, bring forth fruit by patient continuance in well-doing. Now what do we ask? Thanks. Fourth. Salvation and, and, uh, and uh, sanctification. Sanctification. Salvation and sanctification. Having, giving all this, you know, your word has come to me. Your word is apart from me. I heard about your gospel and your salvation and I trust in Christ. Now I want that word implanted. I want it in me. I got the justification of you giving it to me outside of me. Now I wish to have the fruits in me. That is, so that I now do, by patience, I'll continue in this. Um, and uh, uh, we might change hearts. We might keep it. So we start off with talking about Christ, the Word, justification, sanctification, uh, the fruits in us. Uh, we start off with a paragraph of thanksgiving. And already we realize... <laughs> That we need more because we're not paying any attention. But before that paragraph is over, we're not paying any attention. How does he know that? Does that happen? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, you sinners, David. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, everybody kind of goes. Yeah, I thought other people had had this down. You know, I was thinking it was just my problem. You know, have you ever had that happen? No. Yeah, you know, you're like thinking, boy, I wonder how everybody else does. They don't do it any better than you do. Um, now, granted, just like you and I, there are some days I'm clicking. There are some days, three words in, and I'm gone. And and I know it. And I go, I'm going to try to pay attention. You know, um, so would it, luck with that. But but my my response is, you know, because usually when people say, well, like he said, you know, I'm, before I get done with this first paragraph, you know, I, I was thinking about the height. There's going to be a height today, and you know, did I? Well, wait a minute. Is there going to be bronze? Is there? Going, you know, you, right? You, you know what happens. But but that's not the problem. The problem is, is then, therefore, we ought to get rid of this this general prayer, and and if we... If it's short enough, we can pay attention. If we pray the from thing. the heart, <laughs> then we'd all pay attention and listen, and we would not lose our... Is that right? No. no. Yeah, we'd be praying no. about the brats. You know? Yeah, that's what I was We'd be praying about the brats or hot dogs. The wrong thing. Right, and, and it doesn't... We, we do need to... Um, you know, I, maybe you've heard me say before, you know, someone uh, you know, said to me, Pastor, you know, I was trying to, I really tried to listen to your sermon this morning, you know, but I got distracted. I got, I got distracted. I got distracted three times. I mean, you know, I was listening and then I went off and I came back, you know, and I was thinking, 
And, and, and I looked at them and I said, wonderful. And I go, that means you came back four times. You know, it's not a matter of perfection. It's a matter of when you fall down, you get back up. And the prophets say, you know, I, I, this is the way it is. But then the prophet says, but my people fall down and they don't get back up. You know, it's not a matter of not getting distracted. It's having somewhere to go back to and that it's, it is good stuff. So because it is so good doesn't mean I'm unable. I, I, that's what I need. The, the problem is it all applies to us. So when you read patience, continuance, and well-doing, you go, oh, man, I didn't do that very well this week. To this, And I'm all thinking about that. And <laughs> come back and you say something else. And I'm like, well, I, I didn't do that very well either. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so, you know, I, I started off this week and then, you know, patience. Well, well, yeah, by the second day I'd lost patience, I was done, you know. Um, <laughs> my wife told me, I said, I, what was it? Was it last week? I think it was. I said something, you know, I, you know, we usually talk about the sermon. We have a sermon quiz. We talk about it. And I said, so I preached on love your enemies. You know, how did that go? She said, you know, I immediately started thinking of all my enemies. Um, And then I realized you were still talking. Um, You know, so you say love your enemies and you kind of go, oh, yeah, I haven't done that. Here's my enemy. What's going on? But, you know, that's so then what do you do? Well, like you said, just preach on brats. Don't preach on love your enemies. No, that's crazy. Um, All right. So we start off. It starts off with thanksgiving. That's the Lutheran way. That's exactly the way the scriptures do things. Um, what about the next section? Uh, paragraph 2. Most heartily we beseech thee, so to rule and govern thy church universal with all its pastors and ministers, that it may be preserved in the pure doctrine of thy saving word, whereby faith toward thee may be strengthened and charity increased in us toward all mankind. First thing, we're going to pray heartily, heartily pray, for what? The church. The heading is the church. And concerning that church, the church universal, uh, I put up there pastors and people. I probably should have put people and pastors because it has the church, the whole church, everybody together. And then it in particular pulls out those who are going to be preaching and teaching. So we're going to pray, number one, for the whole, first of all, now that we've got past the general, we're going to pray for the church. And that would be pastors and people. What are we going to pray about the church? That God rules. That God rules? In what way? Pure doctrine. Pure doctrine. You can't go anywhere without it. That is, you know, oh, you Lutherans are so concerned about the purity of... Yep, I, I, that's exactly right. Um, I can't go any farther. Um, whether it is, you know, you're so concerned about the foundation, I go, yeah, because you would, uh, building you put on that, it's going to fall down if you don't have it. Uh, well, you're so concerned about the, uh, the word being uh, pure and, and all, yeah, you know, you can have the, the best recipes all you want. You've got poison in them. No, no I want pure ingredients. I want, it's always about, right, so pure, pure doctrine of thy saving word. That's what the church needs both, most of all. Next. The first and second tables of the city of heaven. Perfect. 
So, concerning that word, we want three. We're concerned that faith be strengthened. Faith. Second, our concern is charity. It's love increased to us. That we might have faith towards God and love towards one another. Pray for the church. You've got to have pure doctrine. And out of that comes faith and love. Maybe when we've, when we've drifted away at the last sentence of the previous paragraph, we're getting it again, because this is the same thing. It's fruit, the, the bring forth fruit, and well done, is that we be strengthened. And the pure doctrine brings forth the fruit, where this is the word that brings forth the fruit. Right, right, it's a similar... So it gives another chance to pray for <laughs> You know, I... I always say that about the Lord's Prayer, um, because Luther says that the last petition, uh, but deliver us from evil, is simply a summary petition of all everything that went before. So I always have a second chance, you know, when I start losing my, you know, if I get to the last petition, I go, God, I can pray that one, because I can't remember what the other ones were that I was praying. Two paragraphs, two sentences. When we get done with the next one, it's three paragraphs, two, three sentences. So, Thanksgiving, we're going to pray for the church. What are we going to pray for with the third paragraph? Grant also health and prosperity to all in authority, especially to the President and Congress of the United States, the Governor and Legislature of this Commonwealth, to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after thy good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. The third, second paragraph is about the church. The third paragraph is about the state. It's about the state. Interesting enough, the first thing that we pray for is the governing authorities themselves. And what about them? We need them bad. We need them. Mm-hmm. We, want, we want the Lord to, 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 to them control with how they govern. Not yet. Oh, health and prosperity. Health and prosperity. Why do we want them to be healthy? To make them do more. Exactly. Um, these are people put it, you know, when you're not healthy, you can't do your job. We want them to have good health so that they can do the functions that has been given them to do. What about prosperity? They should have the tools to do it. Right. That what they do works out to the best. That there might be prosperous. It's hard to build roads if you don't have taxes and there's a depression and things are going to, you know. Yes, I want health and prosperity for them in particular. Um, that is, people like the president, the congress, the governor, uh, the uh, legislative branches, to the judges. Sounds like we got them all together. Uh, we're speaking of everybody that are in those uh, positions of government. Number two, we ask that what? To be given grace of a rule. We want so them to rule with good, with, as, as God would have Good. I want good ruling. That's what I want. I want the government doing what the government's supposed to do. 
I want that. I want good government. You know, Luther mentions that in the small catechism. Good government. I want good ruling. What would that involve? The maintenance of righteousness and the hindrance and punishment of wickedness. Ah, two things. Encouraging, maintaining, make sure this uh, righteousness, and this is worldly righteousness, this is this is not just, you know, uh, this is making sure that good is 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 taken care of, that, that marriage is protected, that roads are built, that uh, property is protected, and we want wickedness needs to be punished. The government has been given the power of the sword by God to arrest, to control, to punish, and we want that done. That's what we're going to ask him for. Uh, I want the health and prosperity of those who are the governing, and then I want them to, because of that, I want them ruling in two ways. Tell when it's evil, when it's chaotic and flipped. Oops, and I won't say anymore. <laughs> yep, you are right. What's the third thing? So we have a quite peaceful life. Peaceful really life again. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about social order. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want society to be ordered, uh, and, and that's what it's set. Um, we need that government. Uh, if the government went away, there would be chaos. We need a government that's going to control those who are sinners. And so we need a quiet and peaceable life so that there might we might live in godliness and honesty. Uh, there may be others that I just want them to, to rule them so we can have a quiet and peaceable life. Um, make the punishments great enough that they don't want to do it. And if there are those that are still belligerent, lock them up. Because the rest of us need social order. We need an orderly society. So that's really for the benefit of the church. The end product is that we're praying for is for the benefit of the church. Correct. And everybody else benefits just like it rains on the, the, just, the, the just and the unjust. Correct. But we are praying in the general prayer that it might have benefit for the church. The church benefits, as do we. I mean, um, Mark was telling me on uh, Friday night at the uh, game night, he goes, yeah, there's this going on, this going on. He goes, he goes, it doesn't matter for us. We know where we're going. Well, it's true. Um, you know, if it all falls apart and they kill us, whatever, we're still going to heaven. We got to be this is taken care of. But it would be a whole lot better for us if, if this was going Not on. Not better, more comfortable. Yeah, more fun good point. Very good. Well taken. Yeah. I've kind, of kind of got distracted. Is that is that word prosperity or is that is that a typo or is yeah, that a, a different word there? Oh, you're right. Prosperity. Um, it's supposed to be prosperity. Thank you. I was thinking, what word is that? I actually tried to look yeah. Thanks, Jake. There are not your dictionary. That isn't the only title in this hymnal, um, and I was surprised how quickly it came out. Um, you know, with with some things. So, uh, uh, yeah, when we see kind of those, I'm gonna forward that on. But no, it is supposed to be prosperity. I read what wasn't there. Okay, so that's what we have. Um, you know, I had... Uh, uh, 
you know, I had someone who who said, you know, um, I pastor, I, I, you know, we can't pray for that rascal that's in office. You know, pray for your enemy. Oh, <laughs> we will get to that. Well, I mean, God only knows that. But so, so I, you know, uh, um, that's fine if you pray for the guy I like. But what are you gonna? Are you gonna pray for the? Yes. He needs our prayers a whole lot more. Yes. He needs to be. He needs to be ruling after God's good pleasure. Yeah. But, 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 but this guy's rotten. So am I. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. But, 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 but he's not doing things that are good for society. You know, I better pray a little harder. You know, this is not a matter of backing off. This is a matter of going, Lord, you got to take care of this. You either got to change the heart or you've got to, you know, whatever. And we see this in all things. And the general prayer is beginning to lead us to go, yes, here's what we need to ask. God has provided this. They're supposed to do this. Let's ask that the Lord take care of this. I'm just going to say, and we can keep praying that even though it's not what's happening and God's allowing it, we still know it's within his will to pray that. Correct. So we that, that's what he wants. Yeah. Um, and, and so we're, we're going to ask for, for that. Next one. Fourth paragraph. May it please thee also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries that they may cease their enmity and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. Hmm. We prayed for the church. We prayed for the state. I, I guess you know there are three uh, uh, groupings: state, church, and home. I, I guess we could have had a a section that speaks about the home, uh, but we we will in a little bit further talk about how, how that is to be done. But um, what, One of the things about that is that, that our enemies are in, in the, our enemies are in the church, they're in the state, and oftentimes they're in the home. We have enemies everywhere. In fact, I'm my own worst enemy. We're talking about those who are enemies of the church. Enemies of the church. So yes, those who are fighting against the church. That would be unbelievers and, and, and all, absolutely. Um, and so what do they want to do? They want to subvert uh, the church. We ask that the Lord would turn their hearts. Um Granted, we know what's to come for them if it doesn't happen, but we're asking that the Lord turn their hearts um, and that they would cease their hatred towards us uh, that that they are causing against God's uh, against God's church. You know what you did to one of the least of these, my brethren. That's why they're doing it because they did it to Jesus. They're treating us in the same way. And finally, we're asking that they be changed, that they want to walk with us, not go against us. And the way we walk is in a matter of meekness and peace. 
So, you have your enemy. Uh, he comes and he steals your car. Now what? <coughs> now what? Call the insurance company. Call the, insur- <laughs> call the insurance company. <laughs> uh, okay. What else? Pray for him as your enemy. Forgive him if you can. And then hope the state will deal with the issue. Great. I have got a state that is supposed to take care of this. But what do I know? Sometimes, what are, you know, what are they? Sometimes you got to suck it up. They go, okay, um, I wrote it down. So what about my car? Well, I filed a report. Forgive those who trespass against us. Right. Um, you know, yeah, the church. It's supposed to do this. The bloke up front's preaching false doctrine. Now what? We just realized that, guess what? This is like, what do we pray? Lord, take care of this. Right? Make sure there's pure teaching. Lord, take care of the state. Things have run amok. Lord, take care of, you know, what what is going against us. We're immediately realizing that Though the Lord has set these things up, and it would be great. I mean, we, our, our, our life would go quite well if the church preached the pure word and the state took care of the, you know, kind of things. But what do we find? You know, I don't like what you're preaching. I can go down to the street and get the false yeah. teaching I want. Um, no, I can write and take your stuff. I don't care. Oh, well, we can't do it. Yeah, we got all this. And so now we get to this and kind of go, all right, Lord, Brian. Where my mind went was if I did a better job walking in meekness and peace, I wouldn't probably have so many enemies. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Karen? I'm thinking of uh, it's we need to remember that it's principalities against principalities and that we shouldn't bicker amongst ourselves (laughs) like the world would have us about everything. About vaccines, about the weather, about whatever. Right. So, so I Pastor Arun rightly that. says, you know, when when you talk about someone else, you, you can pretty well say, well, yeah, it's in my heart too, and you know, it's, yeah, he's not doing his job. So, so how well are you doing your job? You know, yeah, he's in a public office. I'm, you know, just because you're in a private office. You know, his laziness is shown for everyone. Your laziness, you know, only your wife sees it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yes, that we too might. All right, um, I'm kind of out of time. I'm going to begin with the rest of the general prayer, uh, starting with uh, the afflicted. Uh, but we've gotten through with Thanksgiving. We've gotten through the church. We've gotten through the state. And we are... Uh, Moving forward to go to the next section, which is the affliction. Now, I have a question. Now, are we going to be able to count on you to go in there and change that propriety to whatever it's supposed to be? Prosperity. The propriety to prosperity. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's above my pay grade. <laughs> so we're going to have to do that ourselves. Yeah. Oh, man. Hold your hands. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing upon us. We 
know that you have taught us your word, and we ask that the fruit of our lips might be uh, the prayers that are according to your will, uh, and that uh, we might not only pay attention to those prayers, but that they might come from a willing heart which you have created in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.